Hey there, welcome to Embrace Your Strengths podcast. You're going to hear inspiring stories of men and women who are embracing their top five Clifton strengths in all kinds of ways. You'll be encouraged to understand more about what's so great about you. Learn how knowing, developing, and living more moments using your strengths can bring you joy and purpose in your life. I'm your host, Barbara Colwell. Hi there. Welcome to Embrace Your Strengths. I am so excited for you to hear from our next guest today, Bob Titi. When I first started this podcast, I knew for sure I would want you to hear from Bob. He has been with Crew for over 50 years, and over the seasons of his ministry, you can see just how he leads with excellence in everything that he does. He has a heart for others to know who they are, what their strengths are, what their value is, and to affirm them in what those are. So you'll hear little glimpses of how that's looked in various seasons of his ministry. Bob is has a heart of gold. You're going to love hearing so many different stories that he has and a lot of great insight. Pull up a chair, get you a cup of coffee, and enjoy what Bob has to say. Welcome to Embrace Your Strengths. I'm so excited for you to hear from our next guest today, Bob Titi. Welcome, Bob. Barbara, pleasure to be with you today. Oh, this is so fun. I feel like this is such a flat flash from the past to see you and to talk to you and just hear a little bit about just your journey with strengths. And the listeners are going to have so many great things to take away from today, but just how you've been such a catalyst for so many people to understand their strengths more. Well, tell me about how we first connected. I don't even exactly remember when it was. Well, Barbara, I knew your name before I ever met you <laughs> because Warren and I both worked with Josh McDowell Ministry. And uh, and Warren was telling uh, Josh and Dottie and Sherry and I about Barbara. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that was a long time ago. I know it was, um, I think all of you had a, a part in him deciding like, okay, let's get on with this deal and move forward. So thank you for whatever conversations you had with him. Well, amen. And and in this case, we were absolutely right. Warren, go for it. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> how many years later is it now? This summer we'll celebrate 40 years of being married. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. I know. I don't feel like I'm that old, but I guess I am. So, well, tell me where you are and a little bit about yourself and what you do. Well, I live in, in Plano, Texas, north side of Dallas, and we have lived here since 79, but I'm a native uh, from the deep south. I grew up in the southern part of South Dakota. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my, <laughs> my dad said that was the deep south. Um, for the last uh, 18 years now, we have served on the U.S. leadership development team. And the mission is developing the next generation of leaders for crew. That's awesome. Well, I um, have just appreciated the things that I've heard, even from other people in the last years that have been part of a lot of what you've been doing in developing leaders. And I am excited for you to tell a little bit about just your part in helping bring core clarity to crew and. Um, just that whole journey. So why don't you start with telling us about what your top five 
strengths are in your strengths journey? Well, my top five are number one is maximizer, then strategic, then achiever, then communications, and then arranger. So like when did you, like when you first learned about it, what did it, what, tell me about what you've experienced when you first started to know about your strengths. Well, when I was first exposed to the book, Now Discover Your Strengths, it was like that book was like, wow. It put in the words something. Well, obviously it put it in the words, but but it was like I so resonated as soon as I heard the philosophy. I realized that in personal development, for years and years and years, I had believed what I now call conventional wisdom. And that is like in an annual review, Barbara, if you were reviewing me in the past, not the present, you'd been my supervisor, the traditional wisdom approach would have been, well, Bob, you know, you're good at this, this, and this. And that part of the conversation is very short. And then in all probability, you would have kind of taken a deep breath, been a little nervous and said, however, Bob, we have to talk about some things. Right. And then you would have detailed my weaknesses. And and Barbara, you would have been right. Absolutely correct. Mm-hmm. And I would have sat there hand, you know, hat in hand, so to speak, and said, yep, that's true. No disagreement. And then you might have said, well, Bob, we need to work out a little plan for you to address these weaknesses. And we'd have done that little plan, and I would have dutifully done it. And uh, Barbara, not only was that done to me, and, you know, this next summer, June, marks 50 years on staff with crew. Not only was that done to me, but as a leader, I had those same conversations following conventional wisdom with so many others. Mm -hmm. And then it was uh, 2005, the fall of 2005, that I discovered the book, Now Discover Your Strengths. And I read that book, and the philosophy was that the world's most successful people do not focus their personal development in overcoming weaknesses. They focus their development at strengthening their strengths. And it was like, wow, it, it made absolute sense. They, they had research in that book, said that American business spends like a trillion dollars a year sending people to seminars or, or activities to overcome weaknesses. And the end result is, well, you know, if you come away from that and your supervisor said, now, Barbara, well, how was that seminar? Oh, it was pretty good. Did you learn something? Yeah, I, I did. Supervisor goes back to their paperwork, checks the box. Barbara, or in my case, Bob, went to the seminar. Good, good, you know, good staff member. And, uh, but the Gallup people, Strength Finder people, went back like a year later and asked the Barbaras and Bobs and people who've gone through something to overcome a weakness what they were still implementing. And it was incredible. The answer was zero. There was actually a year later, zero change when we're overcoming weaknesses. But when invest in strengthening strengths, people were immediately putting that into practice. And uh, again, Barbara, it just forever changed my paradigm Hmm. that uh, the focus is not overcoming weaknesses. Uh, I'm sure in, you know, all these podcasts you're doing, 
you've shared also the fact that um, the idea is to team up with people that have different strengths than you do. So if you and I were on a team, Barbara, we'd find out what Barbara loves to do. And I would let you do that for me too. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And then you'd find out what I love to do, my strengths. And I'd say, Barbara, I'd be delighted to do that for you because for me, it's not work. I, you know, I just love it. And um, again, that whole philosophy has, has changed. And, you know, in crew, you're a part of crew, just have been in the past, but all the training, all the perspective is it's revolutionary, not just for crew, but for many organizations that are now focusing on developing the strengths of their team members. You got to identify them, know what they are, and then figure out how do you make use of those? Because, you know, another thing I learned in that book, Barbara, and I know I'm, I'm preaching to the choir, as they say, a person who's working in their area of strengths, according to the Strength Finder people, are often five to 10 times more productive than somebody who, out of sheer discipline and intentionality, is having to grind out something that can only be done by using one of the areas in which they're weak. It's not that they can't. Uh, with focus intentionality, anybody can do anything. Mm-hmm. But productivity, when we're doing that, is like a one. Productivity, when we're in our area of strengths, is five to ten times greater. Mm-hmm. Plus, you love what you're doing. Right. Barbara, right. you can tell I'm a huge fan. I know. That's how I am when I talk about strengths, too. It's just like I my voice gets faster and I'm excited and I totally understand. Well, tell me a little bit about your particular strengths and what how that has looked for you over the years as you've identified them and I'm sure developed them a lot and you're using them. Well, Barbara, as you know, and, and I like this illustration, like, you know, when I'm facilitating a group with, with uh, Strength Finder, I'll say, I want you to look at your dominant hand, right or left, and, and look at those five fingers. And then I ask this question, is the strength of your dominant hand in just adding up what each finger does individually? Or is the strength how those five fingers work instinctively together? I throw you a ball, it's all fingers go out. And, and so many things, it's, it's all the fingers working together. Well, the real strength of your top five strengths, my top five strengths, is how they instinctively work together. Mm -hmm. There's a multiplier effect. And uh, mine, again, being maximizer, strategic achiever, uh, communications arranger. I kind of look at them individually first, and, and it is like the maximizer strength loves excellence. And, and for me, one of those things about maximizers is that they don't care where excellence comes from. They are happy to work together, to collaborate. And so anytime we'd work together, Barbara, and you'd have an idea on something that would make what we're doing even more excellent, or maybe something I'm working on that would make it more excellent, I'm always going to say, Barbara, love it. Thank you. Because maximizers, I say, they don't care where the excellent comes from. It does not have to be original with me. Tell me how to do it better, and I'm going to love you for it. 
no walking on eggshells. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to pat you on the back and say, thank you. And, uh, you know, and strategic just kind of instinctively knows, well, how do you get from here to there? And, you know, Barbara, I'm sure it's the same with you. When I found my top five strengths, did the assessment and labeled them and began to look at them, I'm sure you had the same experience. It's like, I've been using these for a long time. I just didn't have labels. Right. I just didn't know what they were. But uh, in 24 years of partnership with, with Josh McDowell, um, Josh, he, well, he's like in the scriptures, it says the men of Issachar understood the times in order to know what to do. And frequently he would have ideas and say, Bob, here's what I think we need to do next. Here's what I sense God is doing. And and truthfully, I would have never, ever known what it is we ought to do next. Mm-hmm. But once he would state, here's where, here's where we need to go. Here's the destination. I would then say, well, Josh, if you're serious, if that's where you want to go, here's how we can get there. Mm-hmm. And my strategic would kick in. It's like, and Josh would say, well, Bob, how do you know all these things? And I would say, Josh, it's just kind of common sense if that's what you want to do. And he'd say, well, common sense must not be all that common then. <laughs> yeah. But it was a great partnership because I wouldn't have known the destination. But once he had a destination in mind, how do we get from here to there was strengths that uh, had been God given to me. Uh, achiever. The, the achiever strength is, well, number one, it's said of achievers that every day starts with zero. In other words, you have this natural energy to get things done. They say achievers, if you use a to-do list, if you do something that wasn't on the list, you put it on the list so you can check it off. Mm-hmm. And uh, and again, I well, I also say there's a downside to achiever. Um I'm a, I'm a casual runner, not not a track star, but I used to run with a stopwatch. I have stopped that because even though I'm not competing, I was competing against me. And every day I would try to make the, the run I make every day a second or two faster. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you do that day after day after day. And, find, and, and my point was exercise. It was not winning a race, even against myself. And so finally, it's nope, just not going to use the stopwatch anymore because my achiever is actually getting in the way. Uh, but uh, achievers just have natural energy to get things done, love to check things off. And uh, communications, uh, you know, in a little bit, we'll talk about my blog, but I many times, and, and probably listeners and Barbara, you'll pick it up already. I share with people that I, I'm a charter member of TA, and they don't know what I'm talking about. So maybe you've heard of AA, Alcoholics Anonymous. Well, TA is Tellers Anonymous. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bob loves to talk. I love to share stories. I love to tell. And uh, and so the communication strength of, you know, they another thing they say is that somebody with communication strength, no matter what you ask, 
they say, now that reminds me of a story. <laughs> and for me, Barbara, it's just absolutely true. I bet. Mm-hmm. Take any, any topic. And I'll say, well, Barbara, that reminds me of a story. And you're, and and then, you're good at telling the story, too. Again, it, it's a strength God-given, hardwired into us. Mm-hmm. And uh, the arranger, again, it, it's a little different than strategic, but but arranger is kind of like, okay, how can we use all of this, all these resources to move down the path? How do we arrange them to be uh, the most expedient? Uh, you probably have people with arranger strength that design assembly lines. Just understanding how do you put all get all these people to work together and put the process together so that we can have great results as quick as possible, as efficiently as possible. And uh, and then all of those things come together in in things what we do. Um, Barbara, my, my day job for crew, as you know, I'm on this incredible team. Not something I do by myself, the, the leadership development team. And my role on that team is really to recruit outstanding leaders from outside of crew to coach crew leaders. They make two-year commitments to coach a crew leader every other week for two years. We currently have 103 outside leaders on three different teams coaching 103 crew leaders. Well, the recruitment and putting that program together and the training of our coaches in how to coach and, and hosting a monthly uh, call with each one of those coaching teams, all of that together, again, just absolutely maximizes or makes use of all Gosh, of my strengths together. Yeah. That's exciting to think about and just the impact each of those the efforts of all that you do in getting those coaches and pouring into crew leaders that are impacting thousands of people around the world. That's exciting. Well, tell me about um, how you connected with Ray and Candace Fitzpatrick, who um, Candace is the one that is on episode three, told us about the core clarity framework with um, that I use and a lot of other people use to facilitate um, people understanding their strengths better. I think that's just a fun, awesome story. Well, it is. Um, you know, one of the scriptures I love is that man plans his way, but God orders our footsteps. Mm-hmm. And for all of us, there's so many times we look back and we realize, no, I didn't plan that connection. I didn't, you know, strategize. Uh, God just put our paths in the same place. Well, in uh, April of 2006, I'd just come home from Canada where we had just done one of our training modules uh, with our Emerging Leadership Program, a partnership with U.S. crew in Canada, and uh, went out to get my mail. Oh, Ray and Candace are our next-door neighbors. And uh, went out to get the mail. And I don't think I'd seen Ray in a couple months. And uh, he walked out of his house the same time I did to go to our mailboxes. And uh, we live in a, an area where to make the postman's shorter postal uh, carriers work a little easier, they put mailboxes side by side for two houses. So Ray's going to the 
northeast corner of his lot, and I'm going to the northwest corner of my lot, and we meet at the mailbox. Hi, Ray. Hi, Bob. What have you been up to? Ray, I just got home from Canada. What are you doing in Canada? Well, Ray, you might not even know this, but I I serve on the uh, U.S. leadership development team. And uh, we just got done training a module, just finished a training module. He said, Bob, do you know, and he points to his house, that Candace recently started a leadership development program. I said, I had no idea. He said, Bob, are you familiar with Strength Finder? Ray, I am. We've used that book with this group. He said, well, you and Candace need to talk. I said, well, I'd love to hear what she's doing. Ray goes in his house. I go in my house. I haven't even sat down and the phone rings. It's Candace. Bob, Ray just told me about uh, the meeting or the conversation you had out at the mailboxes. Bob, have you actually done Strength Finder? I have. What are your top five strengths? And uh, I think I may have said, well, we're going to need to go look them up. She said, well, email them to me because I want to then share what we're doing with a company we've started called Core Clarity. So I found the email with my five strengths, emailed it over to her, and like 30 minutes later, here comes an email. Barely is it in my inbox. The phone rings again. It's Candace. And she walks me through my core clarity chart of helping to understand these five strengths, how they work together. And uh, it was fascinating. It was insightful. It, It it felt like Candace knew me better than I knew me. Mm-hmm. And um, and Can- and I instantly said, Candace, we-, we need this for all of crew. And she said, well, Bob, how would we do that? And I said, well, crew is more of a bottom-up organization, word of mouth, than it is top-down. But I said, you know, one idea that comes to me, strategics have an idea, <laughs> is... Um, and I don't want to be presumptuous, Candace, but if I got the top five strengths of our whole leadership development leadership team, would you be willing to do complimentary set of charts for them? Just to kind of, you know, seed this thing. She said, absolutely. And so I got those and we uh, put them together and or Candace and Ray put it all together and sent it out to each of uh, my colleagues. Well, one of my colleagues, uh, or actually two, a co- married couple, were getting ready uh, to go into a, a, they were in one country and they were about to go into another big country and they got these charts just for them. And it's like an hour later, they email me and say, Bob, these are absolutely incredible. We're preparing to go into this other country to work with one of our teams there to do Strength Finder with them. But if we could have this, it would be like incredible. And uh, I quickly emailed Candace, and, and I think the window was such that I was hearing about this like five in the afternoon, but they were in a way different time zone. And, uh, and they were leaving the next morning, and it would be like, you know, in 10 hours. And I emailed, or maybe I called Candace. At any rate, we communicated. I explained, and she said, let's get that done for them. And she said, I'd even be willing, this was before Zoom, to do a Skype call with them to kind of help them. Mm. 
Well, they did all of that. And when uh, Candace got on Skype with them, they discovered that all three of them were Texas A&M alumni. Oh. And, and uh, A&M alumni have a special bond just, just for being uh, having gone to that school. Well, at any rate, when this couple came back, they said to our whole team, these charts, what Core Clarity is doing is absolutely incredible. And we need to start doing this much wider. And and that story is actually, I believe, the catalyst story that moved it beyond just these complimentary charts for our leadership team. And uh, Barbara, you probably know, I did not check this figure to know how many thousand crew staff are now in the Core Clarity database and how many have... uh, been certified to be facilitators like you have, my executive assistant, Becca Davidson has, and I think at least 20 or more. Oh, yeah. Maybe it's 30 yeah. or 40 now. Oh, more, way more than that. There was 30, okay. 30 in my group when I did it. So probably at least 100 or 200. I, I don't know. Wow. But I know about yeah. 6,000 or 8,000 in the, I don't, I don't remember the numbers. In the database. Well, it's it has completely changed personal development within crew. Mm-hmm. From like I shared at the beginning, where we used to focus on conventional wisdom. Here's what you're good at. Here's where you're weak. We need a plan for your weakness. Mm-hmm. That today, personal development is about Barbara. How can you strengthen your strengths? Right. Well, I think of just the probably thousands of people that you've even just led in their team workshops. And could you tell me like, just, I'm sure you have a zillion touching stories of light bulbs going off for people, but maybe something that was really like. Yeah, Barbara, I I think of one in particular, and it was, if it wasn't the first, it was one of the first team building times I did with strength finder core clarity for a crew group. And, uh, and, I think it was going to be a two-hour session, and there was a 10-minute break in the middle. And at the break, one of the uh, crew staff came up, and as he began to speak, I began to see tears in his eyes. Now, I don't want to say he began to weep. That's that's not, but I began just to see tears. Mm-hmm. And, he's, and again, I always pay attention. I, pay, I hope to pay attention no matter what. But when you say t- see tears, you always lean in because it's like this person is communicating something at a heart level. Mm-hmm. And he said, I think he said, Bob, I've been on staff over 15 years. This is the first time that I've ever felt affirmed for what I'm good at. Mm. And, uh, and, and I had two instant thoughts to myself. Number one, how sad to feel like you've been on staff for 15 years and you haven't been affirmed for what you're good at. Mm -hmm. Second was how wonderful that that changed today. Right. And, and that, uh, yeah, at long last he had felt affirmed for his strengths. And, uh, Barbara, I'm, I'm guessing you think exactly like I do. And that is uh, our creator is the one 
who hardwired these strengths within us. Mm-hmm. We, we, you know, I didn't one day sit down and say, ah, let me choose here. I think I'd like some maximizers, some strategic, some achievers, some communication, some arranger. Nope. Um, they were hardwired into me. And uh, of course, in, in this strength finder and core clarity philosophy is our strengths are our natural tendencies. It's like uh, you take somebody who's an Olympic athlete. Um, well, I should make sure this. you can take two twins, identical twins. They both have the physical structure to be long distance runners. One of them runs, one of them doesn't. One of them runs and his coaches, it has coaches and, and makes the uh, Olympic team. And uh, the twin comes to the Olympics, the other twin. And, and seeing all the fun and excitement, the second twin says, I think I'll run. Now, of course, you know, they couldn't automatically do that. But uh, that second twin would not win. Because it takes developing that strength, that, that God-given natural ability to make it a strength. We also have to use it, work on it, develop it. Mm-hmm. And so the, the, uh, you know, the hard wiring is there, but we then have to use it and develop it in order for it to become world-class. Yeah. Have you, I'm sure there's all kinds of different things, but can you think of like one thing in particular that you've done to develop any of your strengths? Um, well, again, on what I just said, we develop a strength by using it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the, more, the more we use it, and we look for ways to strengthen that strength. We, we look for where could I go to find out how to do this even better? Mm-hmm. And Barbara, also, as you know, and, and in a few weeks, we'll be celebrating the ninth anniversary of my blog, leadingwithquestions.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've also, well, on the ninth anniversary, we're releasing the fourth free ebook. And so uh, four books done. And uh, that whole effort of growing that blog, of serving leaders now in 190 countries mm-hmm. around the globe, all of that together, I see continually how my top five strengths work together mm-hmm. to uh, serve an ever-increasing number of leaders around the globe. And I don't have to make myself do yeah, it. Yeah, it's just it's, you just, love it and you just thrive doing that. Yes. How did that, how did that start? Like, I mean, I know it's like kind of probably built on so many different things you've done, but even when you first started that idea, how did that come together? Well, my, my crew colleague, Andrea Buczynski in uh, 2012 had started her blog and, uh, I ran into her at our headquarters in Orlando and said, Andrea, you've started a blog, you know, tell me about it. And we sat down and she told me about it. And then she said, well, Bob, you ought to start a blog. And it was kind of like, well, why why would I want to do that? I'd never even thought about starting a blog. And uh, one of the thoughts that day was, uh, 
you know, if I shared that I've been on staff 50 years, if we go back eight years, I've been on staff 42 years. And uh, our target audience are emerging leaders. Average age is probably 30. And here I was, uh, late 50s or 60-something. Yeah, 60-something then. And and one of the thoughts was that uh, a mistake that a 60-some old leader can make is thinking, well, these emerging leaders, they speak English, I speak English, we're good. Well, that is mighty helpful. If they all spoke Hungarian, I'd be in trouble. Mm -hmm. But they also speak social media. And when a 30-something encounters a 60-something and says, hey, Bob, are are you on on social media, you you on LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram? And that 60-some leader, you know, holds up their hands, a stop, you know, sign kind of hands and said, no, 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 I'm never going to do that. Well, our staff are polite. They might not say anything, but there's a good chance they're walking away thinking, I hear old Bob did some good things in his day. But, you know, that's that's kind of way in the past. He'd have nothing relevant for today. And so I jumped in just to learn this language. Just like Barbara, if we both did go to Hungary, it would occur to us maybe we ought to learn some Hungarian. Uh-huh. And and the goal wouldn't be we'll be the most fluent speaker ever, but that we're going to get good enough that we can't have a conversation with somebody. And so uh, my goal still is the same. I'm not the most fluent social media person ever, but I've become conversational with with the tools of, of a blog and Facebook and, and Twitter and, and LinkedIn and Instagram. And, uh, and, and then I'm absolutely amazed. Like I say, uh, well, let's back up. If you're going to blog, what are you going to blog on? You've got to blog on something. And at that point, I thought, I just don't want to do another leadership blog. There'd be nothing wrong with that. But I then asked this question of myself, is there a niche of leadership? And Barbara, just like when you started your podcast, I don't know if you asked that question, but you were thinking, is there a niche of leadership that I could start podcast? And you instantly said, yes, it'd be this whole strength finder, core clarity thing. And uh, well, for me at that time, I had discovered the book by Dr. Michael Marquardt called Leading with Questions in 2006. And I had been been doing for, at that point, 2006 to 12, I guess uh, six years, I'd been doing leading with question seminars within crew for different teams. I had up to an eight-session seminar and loved it, had great response. And so when I began to think, well, what would I blog on? Is there a niche? Ah, yes, it'd be this question thing. And so in April 2012, posted the first post, and and uh, today it's nine years later. Wow. Uh, and there, there's more to that story, but just pulling all of that together, and, and one of the things is I don't have all the strengths. No individual does. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I've teamed up with a a group called Weaving Influence, who are masters of social media. And and for example, you know, you go to any website, you see what you see, but behind the curtain, so to speak, is all the technology. So somebody uh, 
request the free download of one of my ebooks. They've set up all the technology so that when you enter your email uh, address and hit uh, submit, meaning you're requesting the ebook, boom, 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 all of that to end up in your inbox, they've set up. And uh, knowing that's they have people on their team that have those strengths. And so uh, if I had to do it all, A to Z, I might have not ever launched because I'd have to uh, spend so much time in my area of weakness, I'd probably set up, this is no longer fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's, there's so many things needed in any production kind of thing. I'm thinking, I'd love an administrator. I'd love, I can see a lot of areas I could use help in, but I'm learning a lot. But yeah, I'd like that, that visual of that idea. Just a couple more quick questions, but how do you see, I mean, I know you've kind of hit on it, but I know there's so many different kinds of, there's so much information out there and different assessments and things, tools for leadership, but how do you see like strength finders as, what place do you see in that as you are in the business of developing leaders or helping anyone connect better with the people they work with or live with? Here's one of the advantages that I that I love about Strength Finder, and and I don't mean to suggest there aren't many other wonderful assessments out there, but in so many of those assessments, you have to learn the language, mm-hmm. uh, the the descriptions, uh, you know, have letters, and you have to learn what they mean or, or different things. What I love about Strength Finder is that for the most part, the words, the 34 strengths, if you hear them, you can automatically have an idea of what that's talking about. Mm-hmm. Now, the book will give a few more details that will help you understand it uh, you know, in a larger way, but it doesn't re- require learning a specialized vocabulary. And so uh, I love strength finders because I feel like uh, – it's low-hanging fruit. Yeah. You hear it, you understand it. Um, also, just the philosophy of, and I've already shared this, the world's most successful people focus on what they do best. They don't focus their energy, their time, their development in overcoming their weaknesses. Um, and so uh, that, to me, those, those things together is what I love about this assessment. I agree. Speaking <laughs> to the choir here, preaching to the choir. Well, Bob, what what's one thing that you could share with our listeners that um, that maybe have any of the talents that you do? I know there's probably a lot of things you've learned about that too, but any any two cents you'd like to give to them? Maybe they have them or they work with someone that has any of your talents. That's a fabulous question. I think when, you, when you're leading people and you know what their strengths are, look for opportunities to let them do things that utilize their strengths. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and again, because I'm a big fan of leading with questions, one of the best ways is, is in essence, well, I have two questions I like to ask. Barbara, what is it that you are doing when all your strengths are at work. 
you know, what, what are the kinds of things, you know, on our team, like when you get to do this, Mm -hmm. all your strengths are at work and, uh, and let them share what you're really going to hear is here's the things they love. Mm -hmm. Well, a good, uh, clue to where their strengths are being utilized is what do they love to do? Because it's probably because all their strengths are at work. And then another question I like to ask is, is Barbara, what percentage of the time here would you say you are working in your area of strengths? Mm -hmm. And what percentage of the time do you just have to grind out what needs to be done by just, uh, you know, sheer determination and intentionality? And um, I realized probably in every job, there's some window washing. In other words, some of the parts that none of us enjoy doing. But if I think, I think for most people, if that gets larger than about 20%, uh, they're probably not all that fulfilled in that role. They're probably, it's, it's not that they want to leave you, but if they heard about another opportunity where they felt, ah, that one's going to utilize my strengths. Um, they are ripe for the picking, you might say. Yeah. And But when you understand that when people work in the area of strengths, they're five to ten times more productive. Barbara, I like to ask leaders this question. I'll ask it of you. Barbara, if you have a staff member working for you and you let them work in their area of strengths, so that they end up being five to ten times more productive, Barbara. How much more do you have to pay them? You should pay them a lot, but they or might be happy with whatever they're getting. I don't know. I'm I'm not in that kind of market. <laughs> okay. Well, well, Barbara. In most cases, you don't have to pay them anything more. In fact, and, and I, again, we need to pay people fairly. That's mm-hmm. that's not my point. But it's like they from their side. From their side, it's like, I can't believe I get to do all this fun stuff. You know, if they knew how much fun I'm having, they might not want to pay me Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, kind of thing. And again, I'm not suggesting we don't pay people fairly, but when they get to work in their area of strength, they're happy campers Mm -hmm. and and they're delighted. And, And generally speaking, they're not looking for another position because they absolutely love what they're doing. And so uh, it's when you have people working in the area of weaknesses where now, you know, they're spending half of their time on stuff they're not good at, mm-hmm. that every day is hard. And they begin to think, man, I need to find another job. I do not like this one. Yeah. Well, this has been so insightful and so um, inspiring. I just appreciate all your um, just history of just um, how. Core Clarity at Strength Finders has been part of Crew, and just how you've had a vision for that and helping make that happen, and just seeing how you're continuing to do that with developing leaders, so many different leaders, and I appreciate it so much. Um, one last question I like to ask everyone is like, what lately has put a smile on your face or brought you joy? You know, Barbara, every time you ask a really good question. People are not likely to respond instantly. It, it requires some thought. And this is a, a really good question. Um, 
two weeks ago was uh, Freedom Day. I don't know if you had Freedom Day on your calendar, but uh, tongue-in-cheek here a little bit. Two weeks ago marked two weeks after our second vaccine. Mm. And so once we got two weeks past the second COVID vaccine, it was Freedom Day. We finally have uh, the ability to go out and begin to do things. And some things that put a smile on my face was was uh, not this past weekend, the weekend before, a few days after Freedom Day, we had our first family gathering oh. in person. Uh, we have four children, all married, all with family. Three of those four families live in this North Dallas area. And uh, we got together to celebrate the 20th birthday uh, of our granddaughter, Sophie. And it was the first time we'd been in person with the family. And uh, we're able to hug the kids and grandkids. That put a smile on my face. And then yesterday, Sherry and I had our first date. Obviously, we've been together this whole year at home. Mm -hmm. But yesterday, we had a day out. We went to the Dallas Arboretum. It is uh, the uh, the spring show. All these flowers are in bloom. And uh, I think they call it Dallas Blooms. And a lovely little restaurant we had lunch at together and had our first date, Barbara, in terms of getting out of the house and together. So uh, I don't know if those utilize my strengths, but it sure put a smile on my face and Sherry's face. Well, that's great. That's just, it's fun to hear those kind of moments because it's just encouraging to be reminded of those kind of moments that we all have that maybe sometimes we don't stop and think about. So... Well, thanks again, Bob, so much. This has been so awesome, and I'm excited for people to get a little more window into understanding strengths and the value of it and um, just be encouraged about who they are. Thank you. It's been a pleasure to be with you, Barbara. Thanks for what you're doing. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope this time has given you hope and encouragement about how amazing you are or helped you understand someone you know or work with or love. If you're curious about your top five strengths, you can take the assessment at cliftonstrengths.com. If this episode's been helpful to you, please leave a review, share the podcast with a friend, or subscribe to Embrace Your Strengths podcast. You can find more information at Barbara Colwell. C-U-L-W-E-L-L dot com. I sure look forward to our next time together. Take care.